Why is it that some people are still struggling in their prosperity? Why is it some people still struggle in their health? When you say you wish above all that we prosper and be in good health. And the Lord told me to tell you. I first have to tell my own self. He said, you cannot have a future that you don't see. Did you hear what I said? Even though you are learning the word, some of you go to school, but you never get anything out of school. Why? Because you cannot have a future that you don't see. That's why God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. He said, hey, dude, as far as your eyes can see, it will be all yours. So it means, ladies and gentlemen, I can preach until the cow come home. If you cannot see it, it will not prosper you. So I want to encourage you, see yourself blessed. See yourself healed when you're sick. I was still struggling when I saw in the Bible that I am rich. Isn't that something? Had nothing. My income was $3.25 per hour. But the Lord opened the eyes of my understanding. All of a sudden, I saw myself blessed. I saw myself rich. I screamed, I would never be broke another day in my life. And yet, I was struggling. But my thinking changed. I've been sick, but I saw myself healed. So what you see is very important. Can I be brutally honest with you, folks? You have two eyes. One you can see on the outside, but it's an eye inside of you. So when I talk about you being able to see is being able to see from within. No devil can deny you what you can see in your spirit. Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, the Bible said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross and despise the shame. He didn't worry about the torture. He didn't worry about the shame because he already saw what is way down there after the cross. Now Philippians 2 verse 9 says, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. 
and at the name of Jesus. Every knee. He saw that ahead. When I was broke, my brother, I already saw myself that I will have a bright future. That's why I said, can you see yourself blessed? Once you see it, you already won the victory. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 put it this way. You see, as a man think it. So if you see yourself healed, you are healed. If you see yourself rich, no devil can make you poor. They can put you in the middle of nowhere. You will still prosper. Because that's how you see yourself. Discipline your spirit man from thinking negative. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Even when you run out, you say, this too shall pass. Even when rent is due and you can't really lay your hand on, on any money, you say, I'm so glad trouble don't last always. And call, speak to yourself. And once you see it in your spirit, man, you already won. Can I be br brutally honest with you? My children always ask me, how did you all do this much with five children? See, one of them is in the house now. They always, they're curious to find out because they're now working themselves and they see the challenge. The money don't grow up on a tree. Now they have to pay their own bills. So now they're curious. They say, how did you all do so much? With so little. Here's the secret. Prosperity begins in your mind. You have to have a prosperity mindset. I go to Africa. You know the number one problem I have with those people? Getting them to see beyond their circumstance. Beyond their condition. Don't let your situation fool you. Choose rather to believe the report of the Lord. So if God says you are the head and not the tail, bite on it. Don't worry about what you, but the television say, oh, and unemployment. Really? <laughs> what did God say? Oh, but Washington said, oh, we are now in inflation. You are right. What do Washington know? They live in deficit. <laughs> they don't know. They cannot be your expert. Let the word of God dictate how you're going to live. And the Bible say, the Bible, the Bible. They say, if you give, it shall be given to you. The Bible says, if you're willing and you're obedient, 
Isaiah 1 verse 19. You will eat the good of the land. It don't matter what anybody else say. You will reign. The Bible says, I've been young and now I'm old. The righteous are never forsaken. Their children will never beg for bread. Embrace what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you will obey and serve him, you will spend your days, your years in prosperity. Then what the Bible says, it says, believe God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20. It said two things you need to believe. Believe God. Well, he said, also believe your pastor. <laughs> he said, so that you will prosper. Many of you believe God, but you don't believe your preacher. Many of you believe your preacher, you don't believe in God. Many of you don't even believe anybody. <laughs> That's why you're still broke. <laughs> Let's get out of this rat race. Let's step up into what God say about us. All minds clear? We're going to pray. And the choir going to sing. And the ocean's going to come. Don't wave to the bucket. Did you hear? Don't wave. Give something. Amen. Position yourself and your children and your children's children. Because just like we talk about generational curse, there's also generational blessings. What you do can affect Everybody coming behind you. Amen. I expect every member of this church to be blessed. I expect every member of this church to prosper. One deacon told me, nice brother by the way. He said, Pastor, but the Bible says the poor you will always have. That's brother Arthur Washington. And he's right. But I said, not in this church. I said, yeah, they'll be poor. Maybe they ain't know that church. <laughs> Brother Dickens said, okay, now nah, I got it. Nice guy. He's very honest. I said, no. Yeah, yeah, they will always be poor. But it doesn't have to be you. Amen. All minds clear? Now let's pray. Hallelujah. Everybody stand up. I, I get excited about this prosperity thing. You know, I was, Brother Deacon, I went to my cruise control. was coming off and on, so I took it to the dealership. Walker. Then I didn't know all the members of your church. One young guy came, 
He said he's a preacher. He's the one, I don't know his name. Okay, he's the one that handled all their finance. He told everybody, whatever this man wants, don't charge him one dime. I said, huh? Who is this guy? He said, your teacher has been blessing me all my life. He said, my wife has a shop on Jackson Street. I don't know his name. He said, because of your teacher. He said, I'm the one. I don't even have to sell any car. I do the financing. But for every car being sold, be Kia, Mazda, GM. He said, I get paid. He was thanking me. He said, whatever, I mean, he didn't care what was wrong with my car. And I explained to him and Reverend Benny Edison, one of the preachers, he was there. I said, the problem in this community is poverty. Black people are not bad people. But when people don't have the resources, then they will steal, then they will kill, then they will hurt one another. Let's learn what God said concerning poverty so we can stay away from it. God talks about prosperity. He said, wealth and riches are in your house. Amen. So we're going to pray that all of us be liberated. Not just you, but everybody coming after you. If you're like me and there is poverty in your house, that's what I grew up. Break that curse. I told my brother, I said, it stops with me. God is my witness. Every one of them now depend on me. And I'm the last child. Ain't that something? I told them, I was only a teenager when I told them, we got to break this curse. All of us cannot continue like this. This city, God has given it to you. You need to lead people out of poverty. We will stop the killings. We will stop the drug trafficking. I met one guy this morning. He's one of your preachers. He, is, he was selling drugs on the street. He was sitting right there. He told me, even they sell in the parking lot of churches. This is... The real problem is poverty. I thought I should run him out of church, but the Lord wouldn't let me do it. But he was honest. God wants you blessed. He said, I will raise you above nation. You will be lenders and not borrower. You come into the city, you are blessed. You come into the field, you're blessed. I will give you wells that you never think. I will give you houses you never think. What else do you want God to say? We need to believe it. Father God, I thank you. Thank you that your word is real. It's yea and amen.
help our understanding, oh God. Help us to embrace the word of God. Grass will wither, flowers will fade, your word will stand forever. Deliver us from worldly understanding. Deliver us from stinking thinking. Help us to know that you are a God, you don't lie. Whatever you say, you will do it. Whenever you made a promise, you will make it good. We decree and declare today, everyone under the sound of my voice, you are blessing the city. You are blessing the field. You bless coming in, you bless going out. Through you, generations will be blessed. It is so. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. Say it again. Somebody shout amen. It is so. You may be seated. The ushers are coming. The choir will minister to us. Thank you, choir. Where's my mind? All right. Let's sing. Amen.
Jesus will pick you up. I am so glad to see all of you. Do we have any guests in our midst today? Please let me see your hand up. We just want to celebrate you. God bless you, sir. We love you, ma'am. Amen. What an honor. Now, we can do better than that. Let's, let's celebrate. Amen. We are so grateful to all of you for being here. We thank God for you. We pray that something will be said or done that will make all of us to do better in the Lord. Today, I also want to bring you up to date on our 100-year church anniversary. I specifically, I have three things to tell you. Number one, I want you to know that we have set aside September 16th to have a banquet and September 17th to have church worship service. Amen. Our theme is that we have chosen to be a church that will be the light in this community. You know the Bible says, let your light so shine among men that they will see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what this church is about. Be that light. Amen? Amen. On the 16th, when we have the banquet, we also said all the proceeds, we're going to spend it for our youth building. Amen. For those of you that don't know it, we've done some studies. There's a lady here by the name uh, Janice Bridges. Many of you may not know her. Janice helped us to do some study in the community and gave us all the data. Many of you don't know that Louisiana is now number one in terms of juvenile delinquency. That's why I give you her name so you can check with her. So we are having serious problem with our young people. They are roaming the streets. And most of them are going to jail. So, and guess what? The cities are trying. Most of this past summer, the city parks are locked up. They're not able to deliver. So guess what we need to do? The church has to step up. So we're trying to build a digital youth center where kids can come and have fellowship and do positive things and have fun and learn use their head. Now, 
That's the good news. That's the vision. But the cost is more than $4 million. And we want to start construction this year. So as of this morning, we have raised $296,000. That's cash in hand. Are you listening to me? Amen. By the way, all that money, BJ, is right in the house. That's not from outside. That's you, all of you, giving. That's incredible. <laughs> that is amazing. Now we are doing this banquet to include the community and the members to raise more money. As of this morning, I am told that we have sold 63 tables. Amen. What that means, ladies and gentlemen, you know your pastor, I, I pay attention to numbers. Numbers tell the story. That means we have 504 people already paid and committed to be at that location. That's huge. Guess what? The politicians, they're hearing about it. And wherever crowd are gathering, they're coming. Like bees. <laughs> 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 so the, there are some ladies that sit out there and my secretary Miss what's the lady from Mississippi Cofield Cofield accounted for she has collected $18,000 that's just people coming to the office Amen. Amen. People are giving. Inside the church and outside the church. You see that brother way out there? That's Jerry Williams, Jerry. The man who owned the radio station. He gave us $1,000. Amen. People bought into the vision. <laughs> Leaders, I tell all my pastors, sons, and daughters, if you're going and nobody is following you, you are not leading nobody. That's right. You're just taking a walk. Leadership is when you can cast the vision and the people, the people bought into it. I am excited about what God is about to do. Let us not be weary in well-doing. In due season, we will reap if we don't faint. Another thing I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, I found out also that the seating capacity of Riverfront 
is 1,300 people. And I already got 504 people. So that tells me, ladies and gentlemen, there's still room at the cross. <laughs> so I want us to fill that whole building up. So I want you to go and tell your employers, tell your friends, invite them, encourage them to sow into this project. I share with my own church this morning, I was just teaching class at Louisiana Christian University this past week, and I ran into the president, I sure told him. He's my employer, I said, this is what we are doing. And he said, here's a thousand dollars. Tell your employers. People will support you when they know you are doing something positive. From Walmart to Procter Gamble, the city to law firm, architectural firm, the school board. Amen. One lady. Her name is Samantha. I forgot Samantha's last name. Young. She works over there at Rapiz General. Guess what she did? She told her employer. And the employer said, here's a thousand dollars. See how this thing works? Money coming to me now. Open your mouth and confess that. Say, money, comment to me now. You got to decree and declare it. And allow God to bless you. So I am excited. On the 17th, one last message. We're going to have a combined service. Amen. And that service will be at 9 a.m. That's right. Somebody say, man, Sister Grace, smart. I met the two services right in the middle. Also, it gives people who are coming to rejoice with us on that day. If they belong to other churches, that meet at 11 o'clock, they can come here at 9 and still be able to go to their church. All my sleep. Now I want us to all get up and walk around and say hello to somebody. And before you do that, I want to introduce our guest speaker for today. Amen. And three things I want you to know about him. He's, a, he's not just a preacher. He's a Holy Ghost filled man of God. He believes in healing. He believes in miracles. He believes in souls. His name is Chris Wheat. Brother Chris has been pastoring Long, long time before people like me ever think of preaching. He's 74 years old. 
he has planted at least three churches. When I met him, he was pastoring a big church in Ruston, Louisiana. It's called South Parkway. Now I believe the name has been changed to Life Church. Amen. His whole family is in ministry. I thank God for him. He's married to Sister Jenny. And, and both of them have three kids. I believe two boys and one girl. Amen. And this man of God helped me along the way. There's a lesson they are told the people in the church. BJ, you know, I always, I, I always want to help people to, to win in life. One way you win is just by developing relationship. What did I call it? God is my witness. We were having a problem one time dealing with minority students at the university and the, the people observed. Why is it, Dr. Dara, when you tell them to sit down, they sit down. You tell them to stand up, they stand up. What is so special about you? I say absolutely nothing. I just learned to develop relationship with the students. I don't want them to see me as a professor. I want them to see me as a brother. And because they know I got their back. In fact, I believe the only reason I'm in that school is to protect the minority students. The only reason. I don't need their job. And so those kids, they pick that up. So when I tell one, sit down. Don't say anything. Yes, sir. Relation, develop relation. Some relationship will make you or break you. This man never knew me. We never met. But he reached out from listening to our broadcast and seeing what we are doing on television. He reached out to me. He invited me to his church. He developed a relationship with me years ago. So it's not a surprise that I'm now reaching out to him. That's how real life works. Some job you don't even have to apply for it because you have a relationship. You all see him? So after we greet each other, amen. And I'm going to ask, where's my worship team? Sister Gay, where's the team? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, there's the boss lady, so I got somebody got to know. I want them to lead us on that song. I want everybody to get into the song. The Bible said, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And then I saw the team came this morning and said, He blessed my soul. I said, I stand in agreement with that. The Bible said it. They confirmed it. I want to be a part of it. So if you bring your dancing shoe, let's sing with the choir that God has blessed your soul. If you don't believe that, check it out. It woke you up this morning. Amen. 
So we're going to greet each other. After we finish greeting each other, the choir will lead our congregational song called He Bless My Soul. And then after the singing, Pastor Prince Wick. Amen. Great experience. Incredible testimony. The man of God will minister to us. Guess what he did this morning? I don't know what God's going to lead him to do. He prayed for many people. Lay hand on everyone that was sick. Including me. Ain't no shame in my game. See, I know how to be blessed. <laughs> you just need to humble yourself. All right? All minds clear? Minister Terrence. Amen. Let's all get up. Let's say hello to our neighbor. What a fellowship. What a joy to find. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. I'm everybody if he has blessed your soul and you don't mind testifying to that blessing come on clap your hands like this come on Jesus bless my soul help us sing it this morning one more time we're singing glory hallelujah love yeah Jesus bless my soul Soul. Yeah, soul. we sing glory, hallelujah, glory, Lord.
is amen. It's yes, but the amen is supposed to rise up out of us. Hallelujah. All the word of God is yes. Hallelujah. Well, I preached on the blood of Jesus, the power and the blood this first service, and I planned on preaching it again, but I, I'm, I'm preaching a different message. Now, don't get me wrong. When, when I was a pastor for years, every Sunday I had to preach three times, 9, 10, and 11. You say, how in the world did you do that? I got there just in time to preach each time because one of the campuses was uh, 18 miles away. took me 18 minutes to get there. Never got a ticket, praise God. So with, with this message, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at two verses of Scripture. We're going to look at more than that. Some of it I'm going to have to show you. There's some of the Bible that you can hear preached and you think, I never heard of that before in my life. And uh, possibly when I preached a, a little bit, brought up Mephibosheth in the service, uh, first service, perhaps there were some that said that, uh, thought that. But it's in the Bible. And there's a couple of passages we're going to look at in the Bible in just a moment. But first, I didn't tell the guys what to put up on the screen. So we'll just tell them right now if they want to put up a, a first, a, let's see, is it 2 Corinthians 5, 17? Put that up. I'll see if that's the right one. Where does it go? Is it going to come up here? Okay. There it is. That's what I wanted. That's it. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. One translation says, you're a new species that never before existed. Amen. The passage right before that says, you don't need to know any man by the flesh. You need to know him by the spirit. You know, I've been pastoring for over 50 years and I kind of, Got tickled, you know, I was like 23 years old. I'm 94 now. No, I'm not 94. <laughs> That's my God. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm 74 now. And, uh, well, I hope the rest of the message goes better. And uh, I used to have these old people come up to me. They was probably about 64. Old time, about 65. 
come up to me and they look at me with squinted eyes and say, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm this old. And, and, and I look in the mirror, I'm shocked. And I'm thinking, lady, you look that old. I'm just going to tell you, I didn't say it. And then it wasn't too long ago, I walked up and looked in the mirror. I thought, that isn't me. And I thought, well, I don't feel old. So we got to look at ourselves in the spirit realm. We're going to live forever and ever and ever. We're going to live up in heaven. We're, we're going to uh, be with Jesus, and we're going to be with family, and we're going to be with neighbors and friends and church folk. It's going to be a wonderful place. Not going to be a night up there, and the streets are going to be of gold, and it's just be wonderful. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit everywhere, praise God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen, amen, amen. And so we are a new species that never before existed, but many times we get to looking at our body and, and feeling our body and looking in the mirror and looking at our, looking our bank account and, and, and looking at our education and looking at this and looking at that. You are more than your education. You are more than what you look. You are more than what you feel down in inside. You are a born again child of God. You are a king and a priest. The Bible says we are kings and we are priests. Hallelujah. God supplies all of your need according to your riches and glory. It don't matter how much is in your bank account. He is going to make you rich in life. And you've got to go around. People used to come up to me, boy, it made me so mad because I am somewhat country. I don't mind that part of it. But they'd come up and say, you're just a poor old country boy, preacher. I said, I might be country, but I ain't poor. And as the world saw it, I was not doing real well. But I'm telling you, as the years went by, I kept saying it, I kept saying it. I was telling you, Pastor, I, I had a... I had a person come up to me. You know, we have two universities up there in, in Ruston. I had, uh, I had uh, uh, this California. Hallelujah for Californians. Lord, save them all. And, and, and Californian came out. He's a, he's a professor. I'm one of the big, fancy schools. He come up to me, and I've been preaching prosperity. He said, you need to quit preaching prosperity. I said, it's in the Bible. He said, yeah, but you've got a bunch of poor people out here. That's the reason I need to preach prosperity. It's God's word. It works. I don't care how things look right now. And I always tell my people, you know, rich means you've got an abundant supply. You've got more than enough. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You've got to see yourself in the spiritual. In the spiritual you are an overcomer. In a spiritual, you got power over all the power of the devil. And in the spiritual, you are a believer, and believers shall, shall lay hands on the sick, praise God, and they'll recover. Believers shall cast out devils. I heard one time, you, I don't know how many of you remember John, he started out Baptist and ended up, ended up Baptocostal. He said the devil had come against his family every way that he looked. And finally he had enough of it. He said he didn't care what the neighbor said, what anybody said. He got his whole family out there. And he said they put each, uh, their hands on each other's uh, hips just like they were a train. And said they went off 
over the yard, around the, uh, uh, con- the borders of the yard, and, and, and they just begin to praise the Lord and, and confess what the Bible says about them. It don't matter what people say about you. It don't matter what all your exes in Texas say about you. It don't matter what your mother-in-law says about you. It matters what Jesus says about you. You are a child of God. Jesus is your big brother. God is your heavenly father. The Holy Ghost got you saved. And you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost where you begin to speak in other tongues because that passage says believers shall cast out devils. Believers shall speak with new tongues. What's important about speaking in tongues? The Bible said in Isaiah 28, this is the rest and refreshing where the weary are refreshed with stammering lips and another tongue. When I really got the light on that, when I really got the revelation on that, I began to understand I need to speak in tongues all the time. I'm telling you, I can be riding down the highway. It looks like I'm chewing bubble gum, but I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to eat my mosuki la bahaita bashata la bokula bakaya. I'm trying to train myself now. When you get bad news or things are looking bad, you don't feel good. You just need to get somewhere and say, Hila Makola Mashiki, I'm Makola the Messiah. You say, Well, you say, I have no idea what I said, but I'm building myself up on my most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. My life changed at 15 years old when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost. Because before that, if they said, You give a book report, get up in front of the class, give a book report, or you get an F, I'll take the F. I wasn't about to get up there. Everybody looking at me. No, I wasn't going to do that. And so, uh, anyhow, when I was 15 years old, in a Jimmy Swaggart revival, six weeks long, I, I went down to the altar night after night after night to get baptized with the Holy Ghost. I just knew you were supposed to get it. Sounded good to me. Knew my grandpa had it. I knew it must be real. I was, a, I was the last one. I was the last one in the family, not count my dad. He was backslid. And I got baptized the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Because I immediately began to speak in tongues. I'd been going down every night, couldn't get it. The rest of the family had it. I kept going down. I got a vision from God. It looked like my grandpa to me. He was looking old and he had his uh, hat on, old hat on. Uh, these latter years, I'm, I'm starting to think it was me. But anyhow... Anyhow, I spoke in tongues and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was supposed to preach. I wasn't worried about book reports and stuff. I was called to preach. And I tell you, it's as real to me today as it was back then. It's as real today as it was back then. Romans five seventeen: if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more, we which receive abundance of grace and the gift of life, uh, the gift of righteousness, shall reign in life through one Jesus Christ. I never could understand as a kid, you know. I couldn't understand why we all just had sin. Oh, I knew about Adam and Eve, man. I've sat in Sunday school all my, my, my life, ever since I was a little kid, thank God. And I, I picked some stuff up. and So I didn't understand that. 
And then it was years and years and years before I began to see Romans 5, 17. Adam brought sin into the world. Adam and Eve, they brought sin into the world. But Jesus took sin out of the world. But you see, it's a gift to all of mankind. If, if, if somebody was to walk up, give me a Corvette, brand new Corvette, I'd get back up off the ground because I'd fallen down. And I'd hold those keys in one hand, title in this hand, but that Corvette wouldn't do me no good till I got in it and turned the key. And that's the way it is with this salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You've got to receive Jesus into your heart. You've got to believe that he died for your sin. You've got to receive him as your Lord and your Savior. And that is putting the key in and turning the key. And you need to follow him all the days of your life. One man brought sin in the world. One man, Christ Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, came down in the form of a baby, came down, grew up, and at 30 years old began to preach. And when he preached, he preached in his first message, prosperity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Because he really preached jubilee. And it was just a little different wording, but it meant jubilee. In Jubilee, you got everything you'd ever lost. You got it back. In Jubilee, it was going to be looking good, looking fine. Everything going to be all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. It took me years to find out and, and, and understand that. Now, I want, I, I want to push in. I'm going to, I've got a couple of passages of Scripture that, that uh, possibly people are not real familiar with, especially uh, one of them that I'm going to read. Uh, I don't even know if I'll read it. Well, I'll have to go up there and tell you where it's found because, you see, when uh, first the first group that was here, they'll want to see what I've time, and they'll be able to say, let me check that out if that's really in the Bible. So I like to, you know, kind of give the address of these things so people can track it down and, 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 and get a hold of it, praise God. But the, the one passage I know all of you remember and that's over in, it's in, I believe it's in three or all four Gospels. And that's when Jesus gets on the ship and he says, we're going to the other side. Praise God. How many know that when he said, we're going to the other side, that was the word of God. Did Jesus say it? Second person, the Holy Trinity. God in the flesh, Emmanuel. We're going to the other side. You can bank on it. We're going to the other side. That's what we can say about it. But he lay down and took a nap. Did you know that in the, in the Word of God, I, I believe it's in the book of John, it said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's verse 1. I think it's verse 14 said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. Oh, I'm getting excited. You know, I talk about running around the building. I'm getting ready to run, I feel like. Hallelujah. Because, you see, he was the Word incarnate. Are you listening to me? And he said, we're going to the other side. And he was tired, and he laid down in a boat, and he went to sleep. And a big storm came up. And everybody, they're, 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 they're fearful. They're, they're afraid. They're scared. And so they wake him up. You know what I feel like? There's a whole lot of churches. Not this one. This is a Word church. 
There's a whole lot of churches that the word has gone asleep in that church. Amen. Not this church. There's people, though, that follow Jesus, but they've let the word go asleep. They never take the word and put it in their mouth and speak it out. And you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's the way you originally get saved. But everything that you get from God, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You've got to speak the word of God. You've got to believe and speak the word of God over your life. Are you listening to me? So a lot of people let the word of God go to, go to sleep in them. And so what I'm going to do is shake you. Not literally, I'm going to shake you with the word of God. Because when the Word of God comes down, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. When the Spirit of God and the Word of God come down, there's a whole lot of running and leaping and hollering. Hallelujah. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. 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 So they woke him up. And Jesus said, Wind, settle down. Waves, stop. Boom, boom. It happened. But the, what gets you about this whole story, he looks at the disciple. And he said, where is your faith? And they were saying, Jack, let me tell you something. You could have got up and done that. You could have said, the Lord said we were going to the other side. And bless God, we are going to the other side. Stop it, wind. Stop it, wind. That's incredible. That wasn't just told to them. It was told to all of us that We've got to just quit going around hanging our head down. And we need to hold our head up and our shoulders back. And the Lord gave us the ability to speak. How did he create this world? Did, did, did he? He spoke the word. Thank y'all. I'm going to go preach with y'all because you'll help me, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they spoke the word. We were made in the image of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. We are a spirit. We have a soul, the mind, the intellect, the emotions, and we are in a body. And so we create our world. You know what I'm saying? The atmosphere, the stuff that goes on in our little world. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? And so you can look at your world now if there's chaos in it. I'm telling you, you need to start speaking to your world and say there is peace that passeth all understanding. Peace. Peace. Glory to God. Lord, you got angels. Lord, we need some angels. We need some angels to come down. Now, I pray many times because of my wife's driving. I mean, my, my driving. I pray, I pray many times. Angels. Put your hand on, go with us, that we might not even dash our foot against a stone. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I, 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 have, I, I have lived in the place I'm at now for 40 years, and we've expanded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's way out in the country, way out in the country. You can't see, from the roads, you can't see our house. And uh, I've always liked roosters. In fact, that would have been a good na- nickname for me, rooster. <clears throat> and uh, I had roosters. I had I like banny roosters. I guess because I'm short, I like short roosters. And oh, I just love to get up and hear them crowing and hear them crowing. And I had some fishing line out there in the yard, and and one of those roosters got into it. 
got it on his legs. And so I'm sitting on the porch, and I'm so proud of my roosters, but this one, he's got a problem. He says, <laughs> and I thought, we can't have that. I had no idea what it was. I got up close enough to him, even though he's moving like this, I can catch up with him. And I noticed he got fishing line. It's all tangled on him. I pulled out my pocket knife, and man, he said, That's, I know he's a preacher. I know that. All the flock knows he's a preacher, and we know preachers like chicken. And he got his knife out, and he's after me. I can't remember how I finally caught up with that rooster because this happened a number of years ago. But when I finally caught up with him and I cut that line, he started walking like this. I'm, I'm serious about this. And so then I began to think, you know, this is what God called me to do. I have a strange ministry. I am here to set people free. Because there's a whole lot of church folk, they're just like this. I want them to reign in life. Is anybody listening to me? I know it's a little bit crazy, but it's true. Then I heard a story, you know, I'm on chickens now. I heard a story that said that uh, over in Texas, there's a, a friend of mine had a friend that his job was that when the chickens were transported somewhere, that he had to go up and cut the line, the ropes, because they transported them in those cages, but they didn't want them, you know, jumping all around and crazy. So they had their feet tied. So they'd be laying down on their side. You know, they'd be laying down on their side, and their, their, their feet had been cut, but they're just, they didn't know they was free. There's a whole lot of church folk like that. And his job was that once they got loose, that he was to slap them. He said, I'll tell you one thing, Hoss, you come back here and slap me, we're going to be having a little meeting. No, what I see is, here's what the Lord showed me today on, on this. He said, Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, Elisha, Elijah and Elisha were partners together, but Elijah he was the hottest thing God had on earth. God sent the hottest thing he had up in heaven down to pick him up. And, and Elisha said, well, look. He said, uh, I want a double portion. He said, well, if you see me, oh, yes, hallelujah. He said, if you see me when I'm taken, you'll get it. And you remember how Elijah found Elisha? Elisha was plowing with, I don't know how many yoke of oxen, buddy. He had it going on. I mean, man, a good tractor. He had it going on. And all Elijah did was walk by him and slap him with the anointing. I'm telling you, the word of God has an anointing on you. I see myself going up and down the aisles and talking and, and back on the platforms and stomping across and talking about the miracle worker. And I understand that an anointing that's on me goes out into the crowd and some folk, it just slaps them. And for the first time, they see themselves free, free indeed in Jesus Christ. Come on, shout a little bit in this building. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. So I'm talking about a Holy Ghost slap. I'm talking about a word slap. 
I'm talking about you're free, but you got to know you're free. Hallelujah. And you get somebody preaching to you about knowing you're free. Knowing that you're healed according to the word of God from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Knowing that even what I'm preaching right now, there can be a slap out of heaven in the word of God. The anointing is in the word and it will hit you and you'll be healed. You'll be delivered. You'll be set free. Uh, Angels will go out of this building to bring things down Jacob's ladder and go back up and get some more for some of the rest of you and bring it down and leave it at your feet. And once you see your free praise God praise God oh hallelujah hallelujah how many need something from the Lord right here today oh hallelujah how many feel the presence of God in this place right now while I'm talking lift your hand up and shout yes hallelujah praise God now one of the things I see about David David was just he was so thrilled with Almighty God, so thrilled with the covenant. Let me tell you, the Bible says that we got the blessings of Abraham. We got the blessings of Abraham. Even under this new covenant, we have the blessings of Abraham. And Abraham was blessed. Every way you look, he was blessed of God. In every way that you can imagine, he was blessed of God. And it said that, Uh, Over in Romans 4, I think it is, it says he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He just kept on praising God, kept on believing God. You just got to keep on. It says knock and keep knocking. It said ask and keep asking. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I've got so uh, that a lot of stuff just don't bother me no more. When I get to the graveside, I don't do like I used to do as a preacher. I do tell a little bit about what's going on right here at this point, and we're going to leave the brother. Uh, But I I tell them, I want to teach you how to pray. And so I said, that Bible is your prayer book. You can take the 23rd Psalm and personalize it. You can take anything in the Old Testament and just New Covenant it and use it in your prayer. And so I tell them, here's what you do, and I do this a lot of mornings. I get up and I say, Lord, be my shepherd today. Lord, make me lie down in green pastures today because then I know I'm going to be really content. Amen. And then I say, Lord, lead me beside still waters because you know, Lord, how I am. I'm wired. 440 or something, I don't know. And... uh I want to go by still waters today, Lord. Amen. And then I say, Lord, prepare a table to presence of my enemies. Because I understand the, the, the power of that. I don't know how many ever read the book, The Lone Survivor? It's about a Navy SEAL. It's a true story. He's behind enemy, uh, enemy, enemy lines. And even today, over in that Mideast area, they still believe this, that if you take a person in, even if they're enemy, and you feed them, you've got to fight to, their, to your death for their life. It's still true. So there's more to it. He prepa- I say, Lord, prepare a table in the presence of my enemies today because I realize God's going to fight for me. 
I pray that he's going to fight for me. He said, you have not because you ask not. I'm telling you, you need to make you a list of, of a whole lot of big asking. Amen. Asking, 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 knocking and believing God. I prayed a certain thing over my wife and it took uh, months and months, but now it's, it's coming to fruition. And uh, there's just something about husband and wife praying together. You say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't have a husband or a wife. Just get out there and pray. Just get out there. We get out on the porch and we pray. We begin to pray. And then you've got, like in the New Testament, it says, the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened to the hope of his calling. In other words, hope means God has a blueprint. He's got a blueprint. Every single one of you have a calling. And God has a blueprint of that. And so, Lord, I, I pray that the eyes of my understanding be enlightened to the hope of your calling. That means you've got a blueprint. Uh, help me to live according to that blueprint and minister according to that blueprint, Lord. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened to the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, Kenneth Hagin said to pray that prayer every single day. It's right there in the Bible. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened to the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints. In other words, we're falling short of the promises and blessings that God has for us. And it goes on. It says, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened to the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And what is the exceeding greatness to his power, of his power to usward? Hallelujah. Exceeding power to usward. How many times have I missed the exceeding power that's to usward? But you have not because you ask not. You take that prayer and you begin to pray it over yourself and over your family. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened to the hope of his calling. What the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. In other words, it's as powerful as when God raised Jesus up from the dead. Oh, oh. I hope I've slapped some chickens today. You're free. You're free. You're free in this house. Does anybody feel free in this house? If you do, give a shout to the Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Let's do it down. Ten, uh, nine. Come on, praise him. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. What time will we get out of this meeting? <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I, I didn't preach all the message. I'm going to give you a little bit. I hope I get to come back. Anybody vote for me to come back? Amen. You know, I talked about David. He was a worshiper. That's why when everybody else is running from the giant, he said, man, what, what, what's going on? He said, I, 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 can, I can take care of this uncircumcised Philistine. You know, that was just terminology for I got a covenant with God. He has no covenant with God. That's what he meant. He said, I, 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 I can take care of him. 
And so when Saul interviewed him, he said, hey, 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 look, I know I'm just a kid, teenager, but I'm going to tell you something. I watched my daddy's flock, and when a lion came in, I busted him in the mouth, and he was gone. Bear came, got him too. You know, there, you ever notice that he never mentions another lion or bear? Word gets out in the hood quick. Come on, come on, come on. You got to have a sense of humor, I'm telling you, you got to. Amen. All right, let me read my clothes. Because really, I, if you read the last chapter of Psalms, I was going to read it. I'm not taking time right now to read it. But if you were to read that, uh, you see that um, all kinds of praise and worship uh, was going on. And um, David, David, he just loved the Lord God so much. He loved the covenant. He loved God. When he went and, you know, the, the uh, ark was there at one guy's house and all of his chickens, and they were double eggs, double yolk, double eggs, and and. Everything was going good, and D David heard about it because already some people, man, they got fried trying to transport it, but they didn't transport it right. It was supposed to be on the shoulders of the priest. So uh, he went, he read and found out how to do it and carried it back. Then he put it, this is incredible, he put it in what they call the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, I believe it was uh, on Zion Hill where, where, the, uh, uh, where the temple had been or would eventually be. And 24-7, uh, they were praising and worshiping the Lord. There was music. There were hired singers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then I found out a few years back that it says in the last days, the Ark of the Covenant is going to be reinitiated. Re now, all that was talking about was the presence and the power of God, and there would be more worship than we've seen in latter days. And, man, y'all got a, a wonderful choir here, don't any of you? Somebody was thinking about dropping out. Do not drop out. Nobody told me that. So if it's true, the Spirit of God told me that. Do not quit. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, we have to, you know, shut up. <laughs> You're, you're, you're in a, a, a position, a, a powerful position. So uh, I, I believe that the, the music in our churches uh, is going to uh, take another leap up. And I like music that makes me want to sway. I, and I can't do it with rhythm, but I don't give a rip. I'm swaying anyhow. Amen. Amen. Okay, what, I was going to tell you one more thing. Okay, this is it. This is one of the seldom used portions of the Bible. Uh, this is in 2 Kings chapter 11. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. And Jehushabah, the daughter of King Jeram, sister of Ahaziah, <laughs> took Joash, the son of Ahaziah. Yeah, thank you. 
and this that woman it's hard to say uh, name and stole him from among the king's sons which were slain they were being killed and they this one king's son was alive because uh, Jehoiab got a hold of him and they hid him even him and his nurse in the bedchamber from Athaliah so that he was not slain they put him in the bedroom so he wouldn't die. Some preachers even preach it that they put him in the closet. I just have a little problem with that. But they put him, they put him in the bedroom. Now, how did I open this? I, I opened this with Jesus, the Word of God, asleep. And they woke him up. And there's a whole lot of our kin folks that are still in churches that are pretty well asleep. Are you listening to me? And so he stayed in there for a while. And when the priest had kind of got an insurrection going on, and he said, now this is what I like. Oh, I like this. You're going to see how all this ties together in a minute. He said, he's of age now. We're going to bring him out. We're going to crown him. He was still like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, I don't know. And so they bring him out, and somebody said, go down there and get all of the old weapons. The old weapons of David, and put it in the hands of the guard. I'm going to tell you that's symbolic. The old weapons of David was, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. Let's worship him, folks. Let's praise him and worship him because that was the weapon that was used time and again. Time and again. Send Judah first. That's the tribe of praise. Do you catch where I'm going? I, I could work that a little bit more, but I got one more story, and I am quitting after this, I think. What happened was a um, few years ago, Jeannie and I sleeping in the bedroom, sound asleep. All of a sudden, in the guest bedroom, I hear a boom. Woke me up. I grabbed that 357 pistol. <laughs> so we're in the dark. She's still in bed. I walk by the bed. And all of a sudden, I thought, I don't know. I don't want to go in there. I come back. And, well, she thought that, that, that when I walked back and came again, that it was someone walking up behind me. And she screamed. That scared the living daylight. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I thought somebody's coming up behind you. <laughs> so, so I go. She gets up. She follows me around. And I, I go here and there. And we got an upstairs. I was afraid to go up there. But... I hate to tell you all this, but <clears throat> what I did, I went out on the front porch in my underwear. Remember, you cannot see us from the road. And I went, boom, boom, boom. Man, I come back in the house. I was a whole different person. I went upstairs. I opened doors. I looked around. I went in the guest bedroom, and I get, you know who was behind the big boom? She had up on the shelf where all my Louis L'Amour cowboy book, uh, books are, she had a, a jar. And, uh, and what happened was uh, they began to lean. And as they leaned, they all finally pushed it off. Boom. 
right down on the floor. All I'm saying is, is you begin to shout and praise the Lord, that's like shooting that 357. All of a sudden, you say, where is that giant? Come on now, somebody. Let's get up on our feet and just praise the Lord real good right now. Come on, let's praise the Lord. What a blessing. Have you been blessed this morning? Will you help me show our appreciation to Pastor Chris Witt? All the way from Ruston, Louisiana. We love you, my brother. I love it when somebody can come in and do something different that you're used to. Amen. In my house, when you just eat the same food every day, you just want something different. Amen. Not Buddha, but something different. <laughs> and we love your uniqueness, and we love the anointing upon your life. Somebody may be here this evening, Maybe there is any illness in your body. One thing I know about Pastor Chris is the anointing to help people get healed. There is an angel that gathers harvest. And I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If you would just be honest with yourself and be honest with God, I want you to be healed before you leave here today. So it doesn't matter what kind of illness. I went on the line this morning to be healed because I know there's some type of, they call it inflammatory in my legs. That I, I'm not a scientist and I won't profess to be one, but most of the the bloodlines in your body is in your feet. More than 50%. And sometimes those, what do you call them? Veins? Arteries, see, thank you, my sister, Fessy, it gets clogged up. Amen. And I went to the doctor. They tie something to my feet. They take x-rays. They say they want to know. And they finally told me, because you're getting old. Just have to get used to it. Some of those veins, they, they died. I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> so, yes, man. So, but there is a God who can heal. There ain't no shame in my game. So I came forward this morning for the man of God to pray for me. If you are like me, you need God to touch you 
any area of your life, will you please come forward right now? I want us to receive. Some of us have been, we've been here since early this morning, but we love you enough to spend a few more minutes with you because we don't want to be selfish. Hallelujah. Somebody else is coming. Thank you, Jesus. He was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripe, we are healed. Musicians, will you please be singing something? Hallelujah. While the man of God prayed. Thank you,
somebody. Amen, somebody. I want to thank every one of you for your patience. It's one thing to be prayed for, but it's another thing to stick around. And I pray that God will bless you for your time and for your sacrifice. Some people come to church just to receive. But sometimes it takes the support of others. Thanks to our choir, our musicians, those of you ministers, and all of you for being around. Lift your hands towards heaven. I pray the blessing of Almighty God upon you and your family. In the precious name of Jesus, I canceled every assignment of the enemy concerning you, concerning your family, concerning your children. In every area 
yet the enemy is trying to have a foothold May the fire of God consume them. God will prepare for you. He will prepare for you. Not just you and your children. Our table in the presence of your enemies. I pray that he will make all your player haters leave you alone. And whatever the devil meant for evil concerning you and me, I pray that God will turn it around. May your weak be blessed. May you find favor in the sight of God and man in this new month of September. And I pray that God will increase you more and more. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.